Hello and welcome back to another episode on Talking With Experts podcast. My name is Chris Cowden, I am the host and today I have an exceptional guest with an exceptional um, career in marketing and advertising joining me today. His name is James Hipkin, he is the CEO of Innately and he's going to be talking about the power of connection and building a strong relationship with your existing clients who are your cheapest sources of revenue and your new clients. We're going to be talking about how the communication changes when you're talking to your new clients and your existing clients, how to improve your website conversions, and he's also going to share some really easy and basic best practices when it comes to email marketing. I hope you enjoy the conversation and I'll speak to you at the end. Thank you for joining me, James, on this week's um, episode of Talking With Experts podcast. I really want to talk to you about customer experience, relationship marketing, your expertise on marketing and advertising as well. Uh, But first of all, I want to know more about you. So please introduce yourself and your expertise. Hey, Chris, thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, to chat with you and talk about these things that, um, you know, I'm very passionate about. And they're, they're things that matter to businesses, um, businesses that are trying to scale, businesses that are trying to um, get into digital marketing and have been led astray by some of the noise that exists in the marketplace. Um, there's a tendency to overcomplicate things. And this is why I developed this concept of the hub and spoke uh, digital marketing strategy, um, which I'd love to talk about in a little bit more detail. It brings together some of the themes that you brought up um, and puts them in a, uh, in a format that, you know, day-to-day folks who don't do this for a living can grasp and, and appreciate and that's what I'm striving to do here. Um, our business is uh, we build websites. We build large websites for corporations, um, which is a sort of roundabout way of saying we actually know what we're doing. Um, and we have developed a product for small businesses where they can get a professionally designed, built, and most important, maintained website um, for a monthly subscription, quite a reasonable monthly subscription. Um, the key differentiator in our mind is not the technology. For us, the technology is easy. Um, the differentiator is, and you'll hopefully laugh when I say this, we answer the phone. <laughs> That's the, that wasn't a false laugh, but yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't answer the phone, do they? It's, well, exactly. And 60% of our customers have come to us from other subscription services where they were, I'm not going to bash the technology. You get handed the keys to a Ferrari and pointed down the freeway and wish you well, please don't crash. And, you know, contrary to what the fashion model in the TV ad says, it's really not that easy. Mm. Um, So we do it for our customers and we are there to provide the support because we build and host and maintain and manage large corporate websites. We have the support infrastructure in place and we are piggybacking on that infrastructure to now support, you know, smaller businesses that historically couldn't afford to work with us. Mm. 
But when I look at what they've been sold and I look at what they've spent and I look at what they're trying to do, they probably should have been working with us. Mm. But and again, that's, that's the opportunity. Yes. Yeah. The experience you gain from working with these seven, eight, nine figure uh, companies, yes. you are able to, you know, shorten the learning curve for small business owners, but help them at your best and your highest ability. Exactly. And, and in many situations, it's helped them avoid doing things mm. that, you know, they think are important, but, you know, it's the shiny new thing syndrome. <laughs> and at, at the end of the day, a website is a fulcrum. It's a place to create value. Mm. value for your customers and value for your business. It's not really a branding vehicle. Mm. It's a utility. And if you start thinking about it in those terms, suddenly stuff falls off, stuff falls away. And, and you start to look at things from, I, I, I spent a lot of time talking to folks about the difference between inside out, which is where, I'm talking about what I do, mm -hmm. which is very common with small business websites. It's all about what they do. And they expect the consumer to interpret how that's going to solve their problem. Whereas if they present, this is your problem and this is my solution and this is why you can believe me. Yes. That's outside in. Mm. That's the cons consumers buy benefits. They don't buy features and attributes. They buy solutions to their problems. I think that's, that's what, sorry, yeah. That think, simple shift in perception will make a huge difference to the effectiveness of this very key piece of digital landscape. And, and in today's day, with the impact that the pandemic has had on us all, you know, that online genies not going back in the bottle you know the online sales have gone up like almost 30 percent year mm -hmm. over year and that's that's not changing so it's it's becoming more and more important that you know business owners start to reassess and rethink what they're doing online and that's what we're trying to do is is draw on our experience working with large corporations, draw on my personal experience, having spent 40 years in high levels in marketing and advertising um, to help these businesses be successful online. It's not that hard, but it does take some change in perception. Yeah, and a lot of people, like you said before, complicate it. So let's get really specific with um, what somebody with a small business can do to improve their website. And I know you've mentioned outside inside but can you get more specific on what it what it should look like absolutely think of it like a wheel um when i was back doing public speaking i would stand there with i'd have a, a, a bicycle hub in one hand and i'd have some spokes in another hand and i'd have a rim on the lectern in front of me and you know i'd say like these these are nice individual bits and pieces but they don't have much value by themselves but when you connect them together you have the wheel which is one of the most fundamentally important inventions that we've ever had yeah 
And because the power of the wheel comes from not the piece parts, but from the connection. And if you start thinking about your digital marketing, where the website is the hub and the digital marketing tactics that you're employing, email marketing, Facebook advertising, organic social media, whatever it might be, are the spokes. Mm. And then your content and messaging strategy is the rim. And you pull things together like that and you start thinking about it as a holistic piece combined with this concept of outside in versus inside out, like I'm there to solve problems. Mm -hmm. Then you suddenly your digital marketing is going to start to really cook. I mean, I've had customers who I've worked with who, you know, have more than doubled their annual sales turnover just by making these simple shifts. Mm. So is that, from a from a copywriting standpoint, you've got to focus on because I was in a conversation with somebody else and they said you've got to know the problem better than the the viewer of the on the website or even your clients. Because then if you have a better problem, or if you know the problem more, you you know that there's a there's a solution for it. Exactly. And you're communicating that and that's what's going to resonate with people and that's what's going to set your presence apart from everyone else. You're not asking them to think about it. You're showing them you have a solution to their problem. Mm. Now, there's a lot of, this is hard. You know, the David Ogilvy, an old ad guy from years ago, and no, I'm not that old. I didn't actually work with him. Um, he liked to say the essence of strategy is sacrifice. Mm. And when you take go down this path, you often have to put things aside. Um, I will frequently have a conversation with a business owner and I'll say to them, what's the primary objective of the website? And I will get a litany of things that they need the website to do. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's awesome but we have to get all Highlander here <laughs> and there can only be one. What's the primary objective? And that forces them to really think about it. And with business, the business sites, it generally falls into two buckets. It's either confirmation or conversion. Mm. Um, there are a few other things that a website can be used for effectively, but those are the two main ones for business to business sites. Um, if you're in a professional services category, you're an accountant or a lawyer or a, a health practitioner of some sort, um, or a consultant or a coach, um, more often than not, your business is coming to you by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's where confirmation, understanding that the purpose of the website is to confirm that you are a qualified practitioner of whatever it is that you do that simple conclusion makes a profound difference on the effectiveness of, of how you present yourself online um, versus an e-commerce site where the primary objective is conversion mm. and that's where it's reduced you know take clicks remove clicks get people to what it is that they want to buy as quickly and easily as possible. Give them all of the reasons why this is the best solution for their, pro their problem. 
and make it easy for them to buy. Um, that's a conversion objective. And you can see two very different, that, that, that simple decision will have big implications on how effectively um, a website is built and designed. Mm. So, so uh, you probably had a chance to look over my website and I designed it and I wouldn't call myself a web designer, uh, but for, for, a, for a podcast then um, I need people to subscribe and also take the advice from the experts. So uh, I guess having video footage of them sharing their advice is confirmation sure it is and then a conversion is having them subscribe yes that's one aspect um another aspect that a podcaster should be very conscious of is establishing domain authority one of the you're going to attract higher quality guests if your website has a significant domain authority because one of the benefits of being a guest on a podcast above and beyond the opportunity to share the knowledge that you have and, and contribute in that way, a more practical benefit is backlinks mm-hmm. yeah. and the importance of SEO. Um, it's difficult to get backlinks of quality mm-hmm. and a podcaster with a really good website with lots of good content on it and lots of traffic and lots of domain authority is going to be a much more attractive place for a high quality guest yeah. to participate than somebody who has a domain authority of one out of a hundred. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I've, I've had a few SEO experts on, so um, what is your perspective to SEO and, and what should we kind of focus on before we get into the customer and the US. That's things. a great that's a great question. That's a great question and I I deal with that frequently with um with small businesses. Um and one of the things I'll say to them is, you know, SEO may not be your first choice. If you're a local business and you have a local presence or you have service areas, then establishing local SEO presence using Google My Business Mm-hmm. Um, and and having service area pages on your website that can support the the markets and establishing yourself when people do a search for I need um, uh, an air conditioning person near me um, you want your website to come up on that first page and that's done through local SEO in that situation SEO is an excellent investment and something that you should invest in. Mm-hmm. But if you're marketing yourself on a national basis, you're a virtual coach, um, you're, uh, you know, the competition in that space for SEO is extremely high. It's a very expensive thing to do. Um, it takes a long time to accomplish. Mm-hmm. There are probably better ways to spend your marketing budget and spend. And that's the, that again, where the hub and spoke idea gets involved is which are the spokes that are going to be the most effective against to, to get your message out to your audience. Yeah. So and the, that those are, those are decisions that need to be made as opposed to, well, people said I'm supposed to do it. So I'm spending a thousand dollars a month on this SEO guy who claims he's going to get me on page one. Mm. You know, and A, 
probably not going to get you on page one for anything <laughs> meaningful. And B, probably not the best way to spend your marketing budget. Yeah. So, because I know, um, I, I know UX and customer experience goes into SEO. Is that, mm-hmm. uh, having a mobile responsive website is it is a good thing yeah uh, wh- what else is involved because you know i'm coming from somebody that doesn't quite know but you're the well, expert. it's it's about <laughs> keyword keyword strategy is pretty key um uh, understanding what your competitors are ranking for um ranking for related keywords um understanding that you know, choosing the keywords is, um, it's a balancing act. You want to find keywords that are both generating enough volume to make it worth your trouble and not so competitive mm. that you have a shot at, at ranking. Yeah. So those, the, and finding those, finding that balance and then working away at it consistently so SEO is something that any website owner should always be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just whether or not it makes sense to be investing in it right now when there are other things that might be more effective. And, and I can remember doing a course, a little course um, on technical SEO, and she mentioned how important it is to focus on it from the start. What as you, If you build a website, focus mm-hmm. on it, focus on certain aspects of it so that because it's as soon as it the SEO starts when you've when you design the website straight away, and if you don't, then maybe you're right. losing traffic. Right. Well, you're missing opportunity, and it, like I said, it's important to always be aware mm-hmm. of SEO and some basic SEO principles. Because you're right, it does as soon as you launch the website, it has started whether you like it or not. So you might as well do it properly. Um, however, it's whether or not that's a channel that should be invested in, Mm. you know, uh, one of the things that I usually encourage folks to get more involved with is email marketing. Um, I know it's old and dusty, um, but it's still one of the most efficient and effective ways because your current customers are the people most likely to buy from you again. Mm. And your current customers are your least expensive source of ongoing revenue and email marketing is a great way to stay in touch with current customers even if all they read is the subject line in the preview text and they see that you're still paying attention to them Hmm. that still leaves a positive impression and when they're ready you're still going to be top of mind yes Um, so so how many emails would you recommend is it like one a week and what kind of things maybe I couldn't ask what kind of things you should put in that email because everybody's business is different. Exactly. Everybody's business is different. The customers are different. So uh, it depends it generally falls into, if you think about the purchase process, people are, you know, moving along, don't have a lot of need and then something changes And they start to have some need. So they start to do some research and they start to consider who it is they're going to choose to solve their problem. 
And then they start to do prospecting, which is where they're going to narrow it down to a top three choices. And then there, so this is a bell curve of interest. So you've with how that affects email marketing is you're going to have what I call the lazy river. Once a month, once a week, whatever your category makes sense, you're just sending out information and valuable content, you know, advice, you know, references, you know, about 70% of, of content should be, you know, value creation. You're giving stuff away, giving information away. Um, 20% might be curated content. You found other people's information that you're sharing with your customers. And then the last 10% might be sales oriented. But when somebody takes an action, when somebody lifts their hand and says, I've started up my curve, you want to have actions in place so that you can acknowledge that. Mm. So you, if you, the lazy river continues and it's nice. And then if they, if they follow a link and view an article, track that, send them an email asking them if they'd like more information about this subject. Yeah. Those are simple ideas. But that's, that's an example of hub and spoke and content. The rim, the spokes, and the website all working in concert with each other because you're tracking. They clicked the link. They went to the website. That triggered an action. They went back out. You've got content and messaging strategy in place so that you know to now send them a separate standalone email that talks about this. Yes. Uh, and you're qualifying them at certain stages as well. And you're, well, you're letting them raise their hand mm. and saying, I'm, I'm, I'm entering the market again. I need more information. You're not wasting their time. And when you do that, you end up with very good readership rates and very good click-through rates because you're not wasting their time. You're sending them relevant information that reflects their interests. And especially if you know what their interests are, maybe that they've already mentioned, then that's the kind of content that you could find or, or curate and find from other people and say, exactly. maybe this is what you'd be interested in instead. And, and not necessarily always being you with the answer, but this other person is someone I'd re recommend. Right. Yeah. Earlier in my career, I had the opportunity to work on the marketing for the island of Bermuda. Ooh. And yeah, I know it was a, it was a rough assignment. Um, and what we did this, I mean, we, we'd send out lazy river emails to folks and we have all kinds of different subjects in the air and we'd track, you know, this particular person always clicked on links relative to golf. So guess what? We sent them information about golf. And, and programs that exist. I, I know it's breathtakingly obvious, but, <laughs> but people weren't doing it. They were sending the same information to everybody. When we started streamlining the program, it, you know, more than doubled the effectiveness. You know, if they clicked links about spas, well, that said something about what they were interested in. So we started to change the content in the emails that they received to focus on spas. Mm. You know, they clicked links with regards to tennis. Same concept. This, this is about let 
having the methodologies in place to listen and solve your customers' problems. Mm-hmm. And by tying the digital marketing together with the content strategy and the website, you can actually accomplish these things without a whole lot of trouble. It's not that hard. But if you don't tie them together, if everything is like independent and, and mm. disjointed, mm. then it's not going to be nearly as effective. And and we, we're kind of on, on the cusp of talking about it, but it's so important to build that relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Existing customers have five different ways that they contribute to your business. And, you know, from, from the initial purchase to their less expensive, to um, the service, to their more likely to buy more things, to their more likely to um, not leave, they'll stay with you longer. So you have a longer time to return turn the investment required to get them in the first place. And then finally, they're much more likely to recommend you to other people just like them. Those are mm. five different ways that customer, that an existing customer. So building that relationship. And uh, I have, uh, um, you're probably going to ask me to remember what they all are off the top of my head. And I'm not going to be able to do that, but <laughs> I have five relationship marketing principles, you know, good customers, know that they're good customers and they expect to be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Now, rewarded doesn't mean bribed. <laughs> you know, they're good customers. They value the product or service that you're offering to them. They have a need for it, but they do like to be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's things like that that can be, you know, the, 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 one of the best times to build the relationship with customers is when the relationship is at risk. Oh, that's a good how point. Do you, how do you handle that? Are you prepared to handle that? Do you acknowledge that, you know, a mistake was made? Mm, yeah. um, you know, it, these are simple things. Another key principle to keep in mind with relations and relationship marketing that sometimes we often use interpersonal relationships as as a sort of a surrogate for this concept of relationship. But this is an important distinction. It's a commercial relationship. Mm. Customers expect to exchange value for value. Mm -hmm. They're not embarrassed about that. You shouldn't be either. Yeah, so not taking it personally, but... Right, and it is a commercial relationship. There there are times that, you know, if you're in a service business, um, I've worked in advertising and marketing for a long time. I have fired my fair share of clients. <laughs> it's a commercial relationship. It has to create value for both. We have mm. to create value for them. They have to create value for us. Yeah, And if that's not working, then it's a fool's errand. Mm. And it's time to say, thank you very much, but we have to all move on. Yeah, so that point comes to determining what your pricing is going to be because you want to attract the right people, but you want them, your customers to, you know, give you that value. 
uh, it's if the, the price value exchange. Value, yes, it needs to be mutual. Yeah, it needs to be mutual. You don't want to be, you know. This is why I said before: good customers like to expect to be rewarded, but they don't expect to be bribed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not necessarily about price, which which a lot of people. Uh, it's almost it's almost yeah. never about price. Yes, it's more value. Yeah, it's all about value, and it's yeah, it's easy to. Uh, another relationship marketing principle that that people should go the majority of loyalty problems can be traced to a flawed sales process. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if you're having issues with churn, if you're having lots and lots of customers come and go, I mean, earlier in my career, I worked with Sprint and the long distance division. Uh, long distance telephone. This was before wireless phones. So this is, I've got gray hair and I've earned every bit of it. <laughs> About five um, years and, ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, we identified that, you know, the about 60% of customers were just spinning. They were just jumping from one telco carrier to another and taking advantage of the promotions. Mm. So we stopped paying attention to them. And we started paying attention to the customers who were staying with us. And we started to understand them better. And we started to communicate with them like we had a relationship with them. I remember being in a meeting and we put up all kinds of communication. The creative director put up all kinds of of examples of communication that we were sending out up on the boardroom wall. And we and she said to our the executives at Sprint, you see what the problem is? And they're like, no, we don't see what the problem is. It all looks great. And she said, no, there's a significant problem here. So she picked up a piece. This is what you're using for acquisition. And she read it out loud. And then she said, this is what we're sending to existing customers. And she read it out loud. And she said, do you see what the problem is? And they said, no, it sounds great. (laughs) And he said, she said, these are people who don't know you. These are people who do know you. You're talking to the people who know you in exactly the same tone of voice as the people who don't know you. Mm. It's like being in a bar and language and, and presentation when you first met someone if you talk to them like that six months into the relationship, you'll get your face slapped. <laughs> Depends what bar you're in, but yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's that's what they were doing. They weren't acknowledging the relationship that already existed mm. when they spoke with their current customers. So we started shifting what we were doing and we started paying more attention to it and we changed the the language on the on a two billion dollar base of business, we grew revenue twenty percent year over year for four straight years without changing market share. Mm. We let the sixty percent who wanted the churn carry on churning. We concentrated on the loyal customers and we spoke to them like we had a relationship. Yeah, yeah, rather than that, talk to them like you don't know them. Exactly. And we gave them valuable information about their products and services. 
We gave them opportunities to change their product and service if it was appropriate. We gave them the tools to decide whether they should change. So rather than switching carriers, they just changed products internally or they bought more products. Mm. And and they're they're existing, but they're the most loyal and they're the brand ambassadors. Well, and we 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 earned it. We didn't take it for granted. Mm. Good customers expect to be rewarded. They don't expect to be bribed. Yeah, these are really important philosophies. So I hope anybody who is listening is taking uh, heed of all this advice that James is sharing. Um, yeah, so I, I did want to mention, um, you mentioned in your notes about subscription pro- products. And I know that you mentioned before, I can't remember if we were recording, but that you offer your clients a subscription fee for web design uh, right. as part of your service. Can you explain more about the subscription business model and how that works right. for you? It, the subscription business model, because I have a lot of experience with subscription business models uh, with you know clients in my background like Sprint and Sprint PCS and Visa and Wells Fargo and and you know the I've, I have a lot of gray hair. Um, small business owners need a professionally designed and built website, and you know you know but cash flow is important. And they they want an opportunity to to have this, but the concept of spending you know thousands and thousands of dollars for a designer, and then thousands and thousands of dollars for a web developer, and and you know they get all this thing built and and launched, and they don't really understand it all, but there it all is, and mm-hmm. and then something breaks and nobody returns their phone call, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I've heard I've heard all of the horror stories. So what we've built is a subscription model where you know we're asking for a small setup fee, but we've written because of our experience building large corporate websites, we know that eighty percent of layouts can be done with twenty percent of things. Mm-hmm. And so we've concentrated on those twenty percent of things, and we built our own tool set. And we're training, um, you know, mostly stay-at-home moms to to build websites, um, and they're using our software to do it, and they're able to do this very quickly and efficiently, and this allows us to offer these small business websites on a subscription basis, mm. where we're not handing them access to the software and expecting them to do it themselves. We're actually giving them access to our software and then we're doing it for them. Yeah. Instead of, instead of employing uh, Filipinos for your work and outsourcing like that, you're giving back to stay, stay at home moms. Yes. And, and a subset of the stay at home moms are military spouses. Even better. Uh, 60% of our, our content specialists are military spouses and they're fantastic hardworking, responsible, reliable, nice people. I mean, that's what I hire for. I want some people who are nice, responsible, and reliable. Mm. The rest we can teach, but I can't teach nice. I can't, t- I mean, and because we work as a team and it's, uh, and they, it's very satisfying work because they're working with these small business owners. They're getting to be creative. They're getting to do interesting work. It's never the same. Every website is different. We don't use templates. 
Um, we build to solve the business's problem. And we actually listen carefully and we coach, help them understand inside out versus outside in. Um, and the result is we, the vast majority of our ongoing sales have been through word of mouth, existing mm. customers telling their friends about this great solution they've come across and we get phone calls. Hey, can you do this for me too? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and and what came to mind was scaling. If you're if you're training uh, these stay at home mums to do it for you, then this is a scalable business. Yes, yes, yes. Because I mean, lots and lots of 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 these folks they don't want to be. They'd like to have a part time job. They just don't want to be paid minimum wage and at the mercy of a retail staffing algorithm. <laughs> and it, this gives them an opportunity to control the time what, you know, when they're available, um, you know, given their other responsibilities. Um, and we, you know, pay better than minimum wage. Yeah, and they're, they're picking up a skill that they could use for, to start their own business. It, if, they, if they wanted yeah, to. If, if they wanted to, yeah. But they want to stay um, with you, obviously. <laughs> well, what, what has happened is that we're also offering other services. And... Mm. Um, They'll find something that they're particularly interested in, so they'll increase their knowledge and, and start to work on organic social media mm. and start providing those services to customers or SEO that you talked about before. So we've had the content specialists have, have improved their skill sets mm. and moved into other areas of digital marketing where they can help these small business owners. Yeah. So yeah. it's an opportunity that there's also growth potential within the, within what we're trying to do. And that's sure. what we're trying to do is create an environment where people can work closely as a team and get the support they need, but also have the flexibility that they need. Yep. It's, it's admirable. Uh, can, can I ask you, uh, can you give the three, at least three actionable steps that people can take to improve their website or, uh, improve their SEO or um, help them with relationship marketing or whatever we've covered today, but three main actionable steps they can well, take I'd, today. Well, I'd suggest that there are, this is a great segue to the concept that I call the, the five seconds to effective user experience. Yes. Um, with any website page, you have five seconds to do three things. That's not a lot of seconds and that's <laughs> quite a number of things. Yes. And some of those seconds are eaten up by page load. If your website is badly built and it loads slowly, you're going to eat up two or three of those five seconds. And that's all people will give you is five seconds. Then you have to, you have to reassure them that they're in the right place. And that's about branding. That's about your logo, your fonts, your color scheme. Is the website consistent with what they expect to see. If they've come to you from an ad, did the ad look entirely different than the website? That's a problem. So you first thing, you've got to reassure them they're in the right place. Then you need to give them a benefit-oriented reason to stay. I solve this problem that you have. This is the benefit of staying and, and giving me your attention. Mm. 
then you need to make it crystal clear what they should do next. Should they click here or should they click there? What off, a, a problem I frequently see is everything the person can think about is on their homepage. And therefore, nothing gets seen. There's so much content there that nobody knows what to look at. Yeah. You know, I mentioned before the essence of strategy is sacrifice. Understand your customers, your best customers. What is it they're looking for? What's the problem they're trying to solve? Make the path very clear. If you apply that five-second principle to each page on your website, you will have a more effective website. Yeah, those are things to really focus on because you don't want to have too much because like like we all understand, too much information is confusing and uh, a lot of the times it's it's a no <laughs> right it's so, irrelevant and if you make me think too much i'm gonna go i'm gonna leave mm. you know that's another fundamental principle of of good website user experience is don't make them think yeah. if they have to sort out what they should do next they probably won't and it's almost like because i, I is it above the fold? Is that those are the most important things that you need to put in there? Above the fold, an eye tracking study tends to run from the upper left hand corner to the lower right hand corner. So don't put the call to action in the lower left hand corner. These are these are important things we need to know. Right. Yeah. And so I know like a sales funnel and a website, they're completely different. Well, a marketing funnel is one thing. Yeah. A marketing funnel is how you build relationship with customers through microtransactions. Those microtransactions can be as simple as liking a Facebook post or sharing a Facebook post. Each one of those transactions is a little richer or, you know, giving off an email address for an ebook. Mm. That's a slightly richer microtransaction. That's a, that's, those are the activities that are designed into a marketing funnel. That's where you have your content strategy, your rim, and the spokes are the various media channels that you're using to get the message out. And then the website is the hub, and that's where people are interacting with you to whatever degree they're ready to interact. A sales funnel is what happens after they purchase. That's where they purchase this and you say, you know, customers like you have also purchased this mm. or customers like you sometimes, you know, here's an opportunity to upgrade your purchase to this. Oh, if that's too rich, well, we can downgrade your purchase. Well, you can get that, but we'll three easy payments. That kind of activity is the sales funnel. That's how you, you maximize the average order value. Mm. of the transaction that's more relevant in a in a um, in a conversion situation but any almost any business can consider that if you're a coach for example you might have your entry level product which might be a a 97 dollar checkup yeah. right then you've got your uh you know your, your master class which yeah. might be a 
you know, $950 masterclass where you're joining, you know, 55 of your closest friends to go through a particular subject area. And then you, you might have a, you know, $3,000 one-on-one coaching sessions, you know, buy six sessions with me for $3,000 and I'll, mm. I'll work with you on your problems individually, you know, and then you might have a, a $10,000 <laughs> I mean, these are, that's another form of sales funnel. Yeah. Um, where you're, you're building the relationship and, and providing people with um, different products. And what happens oftentimes when you ha- offer a range like that is people will take, you know, they'll enter and then they'll take the middle ground and the, and certain percentage of them will actually step up to that higher level. And if you've got the value proposition is there, then you know, you're going to get repeat purchases, you're going to get word of mouth, you're going to get people telling other people about what a great, but this, this needs to be planned. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's important to mention then the subscription is just an extra thing. But you know, for cash flow reasons, it's it's helpful to have a subscription model in place, while you're continually creating value. Exactly. Well, at a minimum, it gives you permission to continue to communicate, gives you permission to, to, and they're going to pay attention to the messages that you send them. Yes. So, so thank you for those tips. And um, I hope people really take action on those. What is the main lesson that people that you want people to take from this interview today? I think as you're getting into digital marketing and as you're starting to figure out how to put these pieces together, you know, think about the power of the connection. You know, don't think about the individual activities as individual things. Mm-hmm. Think of them as part of whole cloth. And and if you start, if that perception change happens, you know, that's going to, a lot of stuff is going to fall away. Another uh, you asked for one, I'm going to give you two. Uh, the other thing is, my God, please don't try to boil the ocean. You know, there's a big mistake I see people trying to do too many things. You know, when, when Peter Lynch, who was the fund manager at the Magellan Fund, was asked by a business journalist what was the key to his success, hugely successful fund manager, he was the business journalist was expecting a very complex and involved, you know, analysis on how to pick stocks and all the rest of those things. And he said something very profound. Water the flowers, prune the weeds. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes back to us talking about keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. Keep doing what's working and do it better. And stop doing what's not working. Mm. Yes. Yeah, and, thank and that and that, you know, that's and then have a have us have a vision that is outside in, understanding what your the problems your customers are trying to solve and show how you can solve them better than anyone else. And then understand that it's a relationship. It's a commercial relationship. Value is being exchanged equally. But they're giving you permission to communicate with them. So do that. 
<laughs> yeah, it, these are all, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a lot from this, so thank you. I want to give you the space now to to share how people can get in touch with you and if there's a, a gift that you'd like to give them. Um, well, there, uh, yes, there is. Um, of course, I can't remember what it is right off the top of my head, but uh, if you go to innately.com, that's I-N-N, like the in, we take care of you. Uh, the number eight L-Y, um, that's where you'll find out information about our small business website subscription service. And you can also contact me through through that um, exercise uh, by visiting the website. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from small business owners. And, and I'd love to do, and the free gift that I would like to offer is a free five-second rule assessment of their website and they can they can book a call with me on the website and i'll be happy to have a look at their website and share with them uh how they can improve whether they subscribe with us or not um share with them how they can subscribe to uh, uh improve the effectiveness of their website Great. Thank you very much for your time. And uh, you better answer that call. <laughs> Thank you for your time again. And it was a privilege to talk with you and learn more about um, website, relationship, marketing, subscription models. Yeah, there's lots more that you covered. And it's, it's given me a lot of food for thought. Well, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. And I, I hope everyone takes a takes an opportunity to step back and think about what they're doing from the perspective that we talked about today. And if they want to reach out, uh, it's innately.com, I-N-N number eight L-Y.com. And that's the best way to reach me. And I would be, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again, James, for joining me this week on Talking With Experts podcast and for sharing your wisdom on advertising, digital marketing, marketing in general, and sharing some of the best practices that you uh, practice in your own business innately. If you want to get any more information from James, then please go to talkingwithexpertspod.com to get our recent blog post and um, get all the information you need from this week's episode with James and myself. Um, for now, enjoy the rest of your day and I'll speak to you next week. We've got another fantastic expert joining us.